the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. On this morning, I want to invite our attention to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. The word of the Lord reads, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said to him, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and the wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for this word on today. Thank you for the grace that you've given. Lord God, speak even now a word that would cause someone to come out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Father, speak a word that would encourage this body, that would edify this body, that would lift up someone's head and someone's heart, that would cause someone who's drifting in their fellowship to come back to you and be faithful to you in the fellowship with you, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you strengthen my physical body, that you allow me the clarity of thought and speech, that I might be able to speak what thus saith the Lord, and that your people may hear, not me, but you, speak into our hearts, speak into our lives, speak into our very situations, God, and uncover, unfold, unravel, make it clear on today what your will is for your people. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. I surrender all to you, God. Have your way now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been preaching through a series of messages entitled, Don't Underestimate the Power of Prayer. We began our journey in Philippians chapter 4. We spoke there from the subject matter, prayer brings joy, rejoicing, and peace. We left Philippians, went to Ephesians chapter 6, spoke there from the subject matter, prayer allows you to withstand the assaults of the enemy. Last week, we were in Matthew chapter 7. We spoke from the subject matter, petition, prayer, power. And that was to help us to understand that when we come before the Lord with our petitions, our petitional prayers have enormous power. 
On this morning, I want to talk in this part four of a series of messages from the subject matter, prayer will end the drought. Many of you, even though you may have been experiencing and dealing with the rain on the outside in your life, there still may be a drought. You may be dealing with the drought of a personal situation, a drought of a season in your marriage, a financial drought, a, a spiritual drought where you're reading and you're praying, but it just doesn't seem like nothing's happening. It's just a time of dryness, a time of emptiness, a time uh, where it just seems dry. It sounds like you're walking through a desert and just nothing seems to be clicking. Things aren't happening the way they normally would happen. And so it's just kind of a dry place. And so as we look at this text on this morning, I think that God will help us in seeing that prayer will and can bring an end to the drought. Amen. In this text, I want to give you a little bit of history to bring you up to where we are. In chapter 16, Ahab becomes the king. Ahab is the worst king. He marries Jezebel as a means of partnering with another king in order to have greater prominence, but he, in the process, turns his heart over to her worship and the worship of the Baals and the Ashtarods, and he sets up altars all over Israel, and he begins to cause the people to worship these other gods and to abandon the worship of the true and the living God. In fact, the Bible says that Ahab was so wicked that he provoked God to anger more than all the other kings before him together. He was such a wicked man, such a hideous kind of leader that God despised him and hated him. But God was not going to allow Ahab and his gods to take dominion over his people. So therefore, God sends Elijah, the prophet, to Ahab to let him know that there will be no rain and there will be no dew until I say so. And so Elijah gives that message to Ahab somewhere around chapter 7. I know, Ahab, you think you all that, a bag of chips and some change. You got everybody worshiping Baal, worshiping Ashtoreth, and you think that they are the fertility gods, and you think that they are the great gods. But I'm going to show you who God is. I'm going to stop the rain. Not just the rain, the dew also. Ain't no dew coming, ain't no rain coming. I'm going to declare a drought in the land. And so God declares a drought in the land through the prophet Elijah. And so Elijah leaves and goes away. And from that time on, Ahab becomes upset and disturbed because the land is drying up and there's a drought breaks out. And in Samaria, there's a severe famine in the land and things are going very sour, very bad. And so they're looking for Elijah and God has caused Elijah to be able to skirt all around, move all around. They've been searching for him, but they can't find him anywhere. And so after about three years, Jezebel has, decides, I'm going to kill all the prophets of Israel. She has them killed all except for a hundred. There's a man by the name of Obadiah who saves a hundred of the prophets. Now, Elijah runs into him one day and Elijah says, Hey man, what's up? Oh, I'm glad I ran into you. Can you go tell Ahab that I'm here to see him? Because God had told Elijah, I want you to go to Ahab and tell Ahab that I'm about to send the rain. Now, it's been three plus years. And so when Obadiah gets the message, Obadiah says, man, what are you trying to do? You want to kill me? He says, do you know we've been looking for you for a while? We've been sending parties out looking for you and you are nowhere to be found. And so here now you're going to tell me, go tell Ahab to come and meet you. And I know what you're going to do, Elijah. By the time I get back, the Lord is going to take you away. And then I'm going to be back looking like a fool and Ahab's going to kill me. Elijah says, nah, man, I'm going to be here when you get back. Chill. It's going to be all right. I'm going to wait for you. 
So then when he comes, he meets Ahab. Ahab sees him as he's coming. He says, oh, here's that troubler of Israel. So Elijah responds. He says, look, I'm not the one who's troubled Israel. I'm not the reason why Israel is dealing with the drought. It's you. And it's your wickedness that brought this drought about. In fact, what Elijah does is he challenges Ahab and his prophets, these 450 prophets of Baal. He challenges them to a prayer showdown. I want you to pray to your gods, and I'm going to pray to my gods. And the God who answers by fire, that God is God. So they cut up these bulls, put them on the altar, and Elijah said, y'all go first. So they get up, and they're praying, and nothing's happening. They're praying, they're calling on fire, nothing happened. They're jumping up and down, nothing happened. They're shouting, nothing's happening. And so they start cutting themselves, nothing happened. All kinds of things, they're trying to provoke their God. And so Elijah starts having fun with this, because they've been doing this all day. They're praying and going back and forth all day. Elijah says, Maybe Bill went on vacation, or maybe he's using the bathroom or something. I don't know what's wrong. He's not answering. Finally, they give up, and nothing happens. Their God doesn't do anything. And so then Elijah gets up, and he prays, and God begins to rain down fire on the altar. And fire comes down from heaven, and it burns up and consumes not only the offering that's on the altar, it consumes the altar, it consumes the dust that was under the altar, it consumed the water that had been poured on top of the bulls that was laid on the altar, it consumes the stones and everything. God's fire just consumed it all. So everybody knew then, oh yeah, your God, Elijah, is God. And so then Elijah takes the 450 prophets of Baal, perhaps also the 400 prophets of Asherah, he has them killed. And then Elijah goes to pray. That's where we pick up our text. So Elijah says to Ahab, you might as well go eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up, eat and drink. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees, and he starts praying. Before Elijah even begins to pray, he says, I hear the promise of God coming. Y'all see that in the text. Elijah said to Ahab, you go up and eat and drink. Apparently Ahab had been fasting or something like that. So he says, man, you might as well end the fast because your God didn't work. It didn't work. Whatever you were doing wasn't working. You might as well go ahead and eat and drink. For there is the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear rain coming. It's been three and a half years now. There has been no rain. There has been no dew. But Elijah hears what God had promised him was coming. He hears it coming. Here's an interesting thing I found out about God. When God makes a promise, sometimes he'll give you and you alone the ability through some or one of your senses to sense it when nobody else can. You'll start seeing something that nobody else can see. You'll start hearing stuff that nobody else can hear. You'll smell it and nobody else can smell it. Matter of fact, every now and then, you just feel it in the inside of you. You know it's coming. You can feel it coming, but you can't explain to anybody how you know that it's coming. But you know that it is because God has put it in you to let you know, I'm going to fulfill my promise I put before you. Elijah says, I hear rain. It's not raining, but he says, I hear rain. And not only do I hear rain, I hear an abundance of rain. So Elijah goes up and then he starts praying. Notice this about this prayer, because what he's going to be praying, he's going to be praying for what God already promised. But what I like about what he does, he doesn't take a whole bunch of folk with him. He doesn't do group prayer. He gets alone with God and prays by himself. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with group prayers. Group prayers are a wonderful thing. But some prayers you need to just get alone with God and pray about. Because guess what? Sometimes when you're praying and you start praying crazy stuff, 
stuff and you've got other folk around you listening to you praying talking about God come on and bring that business that you took they're going to say what you talking about how you praying something like you know good and well God ain't going to bless you like that so sometimes you can't have folk around you when you pray you just need to talk to you and God and you need to get on up to the top of the mountain and talk to God by yourself and then Elijah has a servant with him, but the servant doesn't interrupt the prayer. The servant comes a validator to the prayer. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. And I asked myself the question, well, if God promised it, why are you praying about it? I mean, why don't you just walk in faith that it's coming? Well, here's the thing. I came to the conclusion that Elijah realizes this, that even though God promised it, it's still up to God to bring it, and I'm still subject to the God who promised it. So I'm going and talk to the God who said he was going to do it because he's the one that's in control of the when it's going to come, the how it's going to come, and the how much it's going to come. Elijah wasn't told none of that. He just said, go talk to Ahab and let Ahab know the rain is coming. But now he's praying, God, bring the rain. I would imagine he thanked God, first of all, for winning the other prayer contests. And guess what, God? You rain fire down from heaven. Now, God, if I know you can rain fire, I also know you can rain water. Isn't he an alpha and omega God? Isn't he a God of fire? But at the same time, he's a God of water. Help me, Lord Jesus. He's a God of extremes. There's no limit to what he can do. If all my life I've been dealing with him reigning in pain, he also can reign in peace. So while I'm praying, God, God, pray for the extreme that you need him in. God, if you've been reigning in poverty, I know you can reign in prosperity. If you've been reigning in judgment, I know you can reign in justice also. So we need to know he's a God of extremes. If I'm going through a drought and all I'm getting is one thing, God can bring the other thing. And so Elijah's praying, he's talking to the Lord, and he says, look, God, I know you promised this, but I'm still praying. I'm still trusting you to bring it to pass. So he gets up on that mountain, he's petitioning God, and he's crying out to God for God to bring what God had already promised. So the second movement here in the text is, as you're praying for the promise of God, you got to be praying with persistence to God, okay? In other words, don't give up so quickly. One of the reasons, one of the struggles most of us have is that we give up too fast. We pray one time and that's it. I prayed about it. How many times did you pray? One time. That's not persistence. Watch Elijah in the text, verse 43. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go up again. What the servant is, is not an interrupter to Elijah's prayers. He's a validator to the prayer. In other words, he's using this servant to validate what he knows is coming because he hears it coming. In other words, my ears aren't lying to me. I know what God said and I know what I hear. I hear the abundance of rain. You need to go, servant, and tell me whether it's coming yet. Servant, come back. I don't see nothing, man. I know it's going to rain. He goes back to praise again. Go check. Nah. Third time. You know, this thing getting old. And Elijah, come on, dog. Ain't nothing happening. I don't see no rain. The sky is clear. Ain't a cloud in the sky. And it's been three and a half years. We ain't seen no clouds. We ain't seen no dew. And we ain't seen nothing. But Elijah does not let that stop him from being persistent in prayer. Just because the answer to your drought has not come in two days or three days or five days or five years doesn't mean that God is not going to do what he said he's going to do. If he says, I'm bringing it in to the drought, then you need to let what you heard and what you hear. And if you hear 
hear the abundance of rain, you need to just stay right there and keep on praying. So he sends them a fifth time and a sixth time and nothing yet. Six seasons of prayer, Elijah goes through and the servant comes back six times and says, I don't see nothing. Elijah does not let the response of his servant deter him from what he knows God has told him that's going to happen. I'm trying to help somebody here. Just because people tell you it ain't going to happen. Just because people say, I don't see nothing happening. Just because they say, ain't nothing changed yet. Just because, don't you stop praying. Don't you stop praying. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you give up. If God has put it in your heart and he says, I'm going to bring it to pass, you keep on praying. Don't get distracted because people say, well, I don't see no change yet. Don't you get distracted just because you don't see the job yet. Don't you get distracted just because ain't no man in sight yet. Just because ain't no woman, it ain't no prospects. I've been praying. I don't see nothing. I've been praying for a husband. Ain't no prospects, Lord. I don't see nothing. Been praying for a wife. All I get is these knuckleheads. God, I don't see nothing yet. Been praying for healing. God, but I'm still sick. Keep on praying because I hear an abundance of rain. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And so you got to keep praying. You got to keep pushing your way. Even though you don't see it yet. Even though your servant doesn't see it yet. You keep on praying. You keep on pushing. You keep on praying. You keep on pushing. Don't get off your knees. Keep on praying. If God said he's going to bring it to pass, he's going to bring it to pass. God promised that he's going to bring it to pass. And so Elijah, he's not diverted. He's not swayed because the servant keeps coming back and saying, I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. He's so sure of what God has said to him that he just keeps on praying and he keeps on praying and he keeps on praying and he keeps on praying. And then the seventh time, that's when it starts happening. You've been praying with persistence and you've been praying for the promise of God. The third thing I want you to see here is that you just keep praying until the fruit is produced by God. Because sooner or later what God said he's going to do, he's going to bring fruit to your prayer. And so after seven times of prayer, verse number 44 says, Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand. Rising out of the sea. The servant hadn't seen nothing for six prayer seasons. And on the seventh season of prayer, he says, I see just a little bitty cloud coming up out of the Mediterranean Sea. Don't underestimate how small the sign is that God gives that your blessing is on the way. Because somebody might have said, well, we haven't seen rain in three and a half years. And you think that we're going to get an abundance of rain from a little old cloud about the size of a man's hand? Elijah, you must have lost your mind. Even if we do get some rain, it ain't going to be much rain coming out of a cloud that small. Sometimes you write off the bountifulness of your blessing because you judge it by the measure of the sign that God sends the first time. But I want you to understand something. God will multiply the sign the closer it gets to you. So the closer it came, the bigger it became. By the time we get to verse number 45, it ain't just one cloud. It's multiple clouds, and they've covered the whole sky. And the rain is coming down in buckets and droves. It's not just a little bitty rain. It's wind blowing. It's storming. It's pouring. 
pouring out the sky. It's raining cats and dogs. When God said, I'm going to bless you with something. When you've been praying and you've been praying with persistence and you've been praying for the promise of God, God's going to send you a sign that your blessing is on the way, that your answer, it ain't fall. But listen here, what Elijah said, he went to Ahab and he told Ahab, Ahab, the rain is coming. Go ahead, Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. He tells the king, king, it's getting ready to rain and you ain't never going to make it 25 miles to Jezreel if the rain catches you. Help me here, God. I need to tell somebody when God sends the little sign, even if it's just the size of a man's hand and it's far off, you better to start preparing people and you need to prepare yourself because what's coming is coming in abundance what's coming it's coming in a storm what's coming is coming into richer amounts you can't wait until it starts raining for you to get prepared. Start preparing right now. Start getting your buckets ready right now. Start hooking up your horse and chariot right now. Start getting people in place right now. Start getting your business in order right now. If you're running a business, maybe it's just small, but God says, I'm getting ready to blow this up. Don't you wait till the big contract comes. You better start putting things in place so when the contract comes, you're already running. You're already ready. Ahab, if you wait too long, all what God is sending is going to keep you from your destiny. If you don't get ready now, the rain that's coming is going to stop you from getting to your destiny. Ahab hooked up the horse, hooked up the chariot. He's on his way 25 miles to get to Jezreel. The Bible says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon. Elijah, Elijah girded up his loins, picked up his skirt. He started running 25-mile marathon in the power of God. Help me, Lord. Somebody asked Pastor, why didn't he kill the king? Because even though the king was evil, he's still God's king. And so Elijah still honors the king. He runs 25 miles in torrential rain. And he beats the horse. And he beats the chariot. But when he gets to Jezreel, he doesn't run in and say, let me get out the rain. He stands at the gate waiting for the king. Because you still got to honor the king. Even if you don't like him because he walked with the Lord he talked with the Lord he knew how to be a blessing even in hard times he knew God has a way of bringing an end to the drought there's been a drought in Israel no rain no dew but there's another drought going on in Israel 
There's been no word of God. There's been no worship of the living God. And now it's time for God to be God. I'm trying to talk to somebody. Maybe you put God on the back burner. There's been no Bible study. There's been no worship. There's been no communion with God. It's time for the drought to be over. I'm praying in the drought, Lord. In the drought. In the drought. Prayer. Well, in the drought. In your life. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Welcome to a Minute of Ministry Calling from Capital Seminary and Graduate School in Green Bay. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.